Welcome to Ashes with Ash, a storytelling podcast from your tobacconist community, bringing you stories of life behind the cigar. Join me on this adventure to find the coolest cigar lounges, smoke some lovely cigars, and seek out the most incredible stories from our cigar lounge friends, owners, and customers. Let's tap into these untold stories with a little smoke and ash. Welcome back, and thanks for listening to another awesome episode of Ashes with Ash. Today, Shirtless Mike is joining us to talk about all things cigars, podcasts, success, failures, business, rapping, ghetto Ubers, you name it. We cover almost all of it. (laughs) I hope you all enjoy. What's up? What's going on? Finally on. <laughs> Finally. How are you doing? How's Florida? Uh, Florida's beautiful. It's probably like seven, below 75 degrees right now. So it's the perfect shirtless mic weather here. Perfect. Not hot. It's not cold. It just feels good. <laughs> nice. What are you smoking? Right now I'm smoking uh, Undercrown. I'm finishing this up. So it's a good cigar. I started on the way home from my mom's. I was hanging out with some family that came into town today. Oh, good. Today's been one of those wild days. Yeah? Yeah, because my grandma, she, you know, she woke up, she was fine and everything. And then she gets up from from her recliner. I was out in the garage smoking a cigar. My aunt comes inside and she's like, hey, grandma's looking for you. And then, you know, I come in and she's like, holding on to this little uh, table that we have by the door and it's like she can't hardly even walk and I had to help her back to her chair and that's not like my grandma she's very spry and everything and then then, so my aunt within like an hour of her coming into town then has to bring my grandma to the ER which you know she just got like a you know steroid shot and then by the time they left the hospital she was good to walk she was walking again wow normally and all that but yeah, it was a wild day. Like, I was like, I'm so glad that you're walking normal now because that was scary. My cousin had to help her to the car. and Jeez, that's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. But, I mean, she's in great health, though, but uh, it's just she good. got up wrong or something like that. So. Yeah, yeah. So she's got a steroid and all that to help her out. So she said she still has some pain, but she can at least walk. Oh, I'm normal. glad she's okay. Yeah. It was a good day other than that, though. My mom made tacos. Oh, nice. Homemade tacos. Yeah. That sounds so good. And then she she made this, like, brownie cookie. So it's like a mixture of brownie and cookie. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I I mean, I'm I'm formerly a fat dude. I still got a little fat on me, but I was a lot bigger. I still got the fat (laughs) dude tendencies. Food is just so good. Absolutely, you can't go wrong. Food, man, food. So what's going on with you? Nothing. Same old, same old. Just working, hanging out, running around New York City. Now that it's finally such nice weather, I take my dog for very long walks with a very long cigar. It's been beautiful. It's been beautiful. Finally, and then it's going to get hot again. Yeah. And then I'm going to die. My apartment's already too hot for me right now. (laughs) 
don't know why my apartment gets so hot. I have a lot of issues with my apartment. Yeah, do y'all have AC <laughs> up there? You have AC in your apartment or no? AC unit. Uh, that's not good. Nah, it's all right. It does the job. It's just I, I have to put it in now. Uh. <laughs> just sitting under my bed. Now I have to put it in. <laughs> I'm gonna see how long I can wait. Sweat it out. My mom's <laughs> family's from upstate New York, and when I was a kid, like we would go to family's house and stay in upstate New York in Geneva when, when my uncle used to live there and they didn't have like AC in their house. It was like the summertime. I just remember it being hot in there and I'm like, geez, how could people live without AC? No, it's terrible. I mean, they got heat, just no AC. <laughs> yeah. Right. Have you always lived in Florida? What brought you there? Yeah. Yeah. I am a Florida native. Yes. Yeah. So my mom's from upstate New York. My dad, his uh, dad was in the military and where I live is near Patrick now Space Force Base oh um, but Patrick Air Force Base I literally live like across you know in Melbourne right across the Pineda Causeway where you know the the Air Force Base was and that's where my pop-up retired my dad he served a few years in the Air Force and then you know my dad was trying to holler at my uh at my mom's best friend who came to Florida first what and and my mom's best friend wasn't interested because I got somebody you might like and then you know that was the days before cell phones and everything and uh so my dad he you know or she my mom kept trying to call they kept missing each other and then finally you know, they got each other on the phone and then he was like, yeah, come on down and stay on the couch. And then, you know, and obviously, you know, she wasn't on the couch very long because then I came <laughs> along. <laughs> that was such a cute story. Yeah, I never knew that until a couple of years ago. I was, you know, me and my dad got pretty close. So, um, you know, I was helping him out and he lives in Washington State now. And so I was helping him out after he broke his ankle a few years back. And so we were just, he was telling me all the shit that he used to do back in the day. And nice. I was like, you know, I mean, like, no, I'm grown now. So he could tell me all the dirt that he used to do. And I was telling him some of the dirt that I did. Cause, yes. You know, it's past that time. So I know this is such like a fun time that we get to figure out our parents and they figure out us a little bit more. It's, yeah. Cause you don't have yeah. to be fake about shit. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, I mom, I'm like, I'm like, I mean, you don't really got to be fake about shit, period. But you know, I'm the type of person, I'm just a very open person. So I'm like, you don't got to be, you don't got to be fake around me. Just, you know, right. just tell it like it is. I'm very raw and unc- I have a much younger sister because my mom got remarried when I was a senior in high school. So I got a 10 year old sister and I'm 33. Oh, wow. And so, um, you know, I'm very honest with my sister. I'm just, you know, we should, you know, she's at that stage, you know, how girls are. They don't, they always got yeah. an attitude. And her and her little friends were on the phone on FaceTime on my mom's phone. And they were like, they're like, someone so calls so-and-so the B word. It's just a bunch of drama. And <laughs> it's only going to get worse. Those days. The, it's it's, it's going to get worse for the next couple of years. But I keep telling my mom, because I, you know, I try to be nice to my sister, but she just acts very cold. She's like, I'm about to leave. And she's like, bye. I was like, I love you. I love you, Marissa. She's like, she's like, okay. <laughs> I'm like a couple more, about oh, 10 yeah. more years. So she'll love me to death. Yep. You'll be her best friend. Oh yeah. Does anybody in your family smoke? Um, not, well, not, not a whole lot of people. Um, so you know, I'm Irish and Italian, and on my my grandfather, on my my mom's dad, 
on the Italian side of the family, uh, I found out that uh, my great great grandmother grandfather used to smoke cigars, and you know that you know they're all in Geneva and they had like a little store or whatever. And my grandma, who I, the one who I live with, she she said that um, you know my great great grandfather always used to have a cigar in his mouth. I was like, that's where I get Aww. it from. I got the Libertor genes. Yes. And then I have a few cousins on my on my Irish side. Of, you know my grandma's nephews that I found out smoked cigars. My cousin Philip and uh, my cousin Jim who are, they got the same dad, but different mothers, but you know, it's all family, you know, but I've, oh. I've, I've met, I met my cousin Philip at a family reunion, added him on Facebook. And then, then I saw a picture of him smoking a cigar. I was like, really? I had cigars there. Like and I was just ducked off by myself oh. you know, while they were cooking the food. So should have said something. <laughs> yeah. But you know, we've got on a uh, virtual hearth, like during the height of COVID and everything. And okay. I don't do it that much, you know, cause it's such an age difference, but you know, it's, it's all love though. They'll, they'll hit me up and, you know, tell me what they're smoking every once in a while, but yeah. And then my youngest brother's kind of dabbled into cigars, but I'm like the one that's really taking it to the whole new level. Nice. What level are you at? How many humidors do you have? I don't store a lot of cigars. I'm a cigar smoker. Like Good. I, I literally buy way. I buy as I go. Like I, I do have I have like a regular humidor, but although I'm not using it for a humidor, just a small yeah, I mean, a lot of people are probably going to be disappointed with me saying this, but no. <laughs> I don't store cigars. I just buy, you know, I work in a lounge. Yeah. You know, I get very good employee pricing and I just stock up several times a week and yeah. keep it in my travel humidor because it doesn't last that long, people. I literally, I literally, anytime I want to, I could go smoke up. I'm not even going to say what my employee pricing is, but it's very, very good. You work in a lounge, I'm sure you have something similar, so you know it's, uh, it's very good. <laughs> Yeah, I have. You get a lot, a lot of cigars. So I have a bunch just because I get a bunch. But when I go out to smoke at lounges, I support the lounge. So I go in and I buy something from the lounge. Yep, me too. That's what I smoke. So I have all these cigars, but they're going to have to wait till I'm like on a boat in the summer or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wish like... I this will never so- happen. <laughs> I literally smoke all the time, so... You know, since I work in a lounge, I'm literally almost smoking from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed. Uh, this sounds kind of bad, but, you know, whenever I'm off, there's like some breaks here and there. But, yeah. um, you know, but when I'm working, especially if I open in the mornings, I got my coffee cup first thing in the morning, got my first cigar. I'm just smoking all day long. Just keep it, keep it smoky. So, yes, sometimes I kind of have more cigars than normal, like on hand. But generally speaking, I just buy, you know, enough for, you know, whatever amount of time. Like, I usually stock up right before I'm about to have a day off. And, yeah. you, know, you know, and then I'll have, like, enough when I come back to work. I'll have, you know, I'll just get whatever throughout the day. Get a couple for, like, you know, after work and, you know, like, the next morning or whatever. And then when I have a day off again, I just stock up on some more. Yeah, that's how it's done. Maybe one day. I'm starting to become more financially responsible. Um, I kind of took an extreme measure and started giving my mom money and got my bank situation straightened out and everything. So yeah. maybe eventually I'll get to where I can, I'll store more cigars. But to do that, you have to buy more than you smoke. And I smoke more than I, you know, I smoke <laughs> yeah. as I buy pretty much. So yeah. I'm kind of asked backwards on that. 
No, I totally get it. So you get pretty much all your cigars from your lounge. Do you ever buy online or see anything? Someone really, try to find on, stuff? No, I don't buy online, really. Every once yeah. in a while, I might get something here and there. But, you know, I mean, I do go to other lounges and, you know, I buy yeah. cigars from other lounges and everything. But the bulk of my spending now that I work in a lounge, you know, is right there at the shop so that I know, you know, I know what we sell. Yeah. And then whenever I want something different, I go to Executive in downtown Melbourne. It's one of the shop local shops. I go to the Leaf Lounge in Titusville. Uh, you know, Brevard County is kind of like it's, it's a small but big county. So there's all these little areas within the county. So I live in Melbourne and then I work in Merritt Island, which is like 20, 25 minutes away. And, you know, everything's within like half an hour driving distance. So I, nice. I'm like the cigar mayor locally. You know, like everybody, I'm like the connecting person <laughs> to all the cigar shops in Brevard County. If you don't know Shirtless Mike in Brevard County, then you don't really smoke cigars. Sorry, I felt like I heard a cat on the fire escape and I panicked. Anyways, but yes. Yeah, you, don't want, you don't want a cat <laughs> to fall on your head. Or a dead bird. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that on your Instagram. Oh my God. I'm like, keep looking up. Freak it out. My dad used to have a cat um, named Chuck, and it was kind of like a dog in a way. It acted just like a dog. It was bigger Aww. than the dog that that he had. He had a little Shih Tzu that came from my former dog, you know, had puppies, and I gave it to my stepmom. And then after they divorced, like, my dad kind of, he kept Bella for a while because she, the dog was not, Bella was not accustomed to condo life. She was used to being able to, you know, have a big yard to run around in, so... Right. You know, so my dad, my dad's cat was bigger than the dog and the cat used to like belly used to lay there and the cat used to come up there and just start licking the dog. And <laughs> one, one day when I was sitting out on his deck in the morning, Chuck, you know, he would, he didn't really go anywhere. He just went outside, but he tried to bring a dead bird inside. And I was like, yo, <laughs> you can't do that, homie. My cat brought in a live bird once. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! All right. Yeah, I would. I would have been freaking out. Seriously, I didn't know what to do. I was screaming. I eventually just picked it up and threw it back <laughs> outside. <laughs> I'm not a fan of birds, though. Like that's the. Th- I'm not. We're not a fan of birds. I don't want to pick up a yeah. bird, especially a live bird. They feel weird. I had a. I had a a bad experience <laughs> when I was a kid. So when I was, you know, when I was growing up and after my parents' divorce and everything. She had a, this boyfriend that um, had, I guess he got this, it was a Quaker parrot, I remember. It was, I guess he got it from his sister. They didn't really do much with it. You know, they just kind of stayed in the cage or whatever. But they were having like a party and I came out of my room and, all, and the bird was out. And that thing started flying towards me and I had to haul the ass into my room. And I, I shut the door behind me like really quick and I was like, that, that was a terrible experience with the bird. I felt like I was in the Alfred Hitchcock movie, The Bird. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, God, birds. Yeah, my mom's not a fan of birds. Whenever she comes here to the city to visit me, pigeons just love to randomly burst out and fly right into your face. <laughs> she freaks out every time. That's the people it is feed so them. Are, funny. are there really bag ladies that freaking feed them and they're just like... Yes, you know, they're everywhere. And, and decrepit looking, and they got all these bags and, you know, shopping carts. It's real. And then it's real. 
Really? I always see that in the movies, but I've only been to the city a couple times, but, you know, just kind of passing through on a Greyhound bus on my way to upstate New York. So oh, right. you know, I, I just, I went outside of the, um, whatchamacallit, the, it's the transit center, but, oh, the Port Authority. I went outside, like I went upstairs oh. and, and I was, I was kind of scared because it's very fast paced in New York City. I was like, I was like scared to walk down the street because everybody was fucking in a hurry. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's in a hurry here. So am I. <laughs> I'm one of I'm those people. Southern, I'm a Southern dude, so like I'm yeah. never in a hurry. That's good. I need to be more like that. So what about, we were talking about other cigar lounges. What's a cigar lounge you really want to visit that you've heard about or someone's told you about? Secreto Cigar Lounge in Michigan, Ronnie Haysha. Ronnie Hishihashi is a good friend of mine. I follow him on social media. I finally got to meet him at the Great Smoke. Dude's just an awesome human being. Him and his dad run the shop, and he is the troll's troll. He he knows how to troll the fuck out of people. Awesome dude. Um, what else? There's a lot of them. I can't think right now, but Secreto is right. definitely on the top of the list. Nice. Um, How did you get into cigars? How long have you been smoking? I've been smoking cigars for 15 years, ever since I was 18 years old. Um, it was just kind of like, you know, I turned 18. I was like, I want to do something to, you know, that I you know could do now that I'm 18. So I first, yeah. I first bought some uh, cigars online. I don't even remember the website. I knew nothing about cigars at the time. I just picked out some, you know, whatever my budget was and, and bought it. And then, you know, I was still living at home and I was almost kind of like ashamed because I was, you know, my mom kind of hated, you know, the idea of smoking or whatever. So I waited till like she was at home. I went out in the back patio and, you know, I smoked my first cigar. And then from there, you know, I just kind of experimented every so often, went to the, the shop that I work at now, it now used to be in, in the mall. So in the Merritt Island Mall, it was there. It was like a small little shop. And that was the first cigar lounge that I walked into. So one of my good friends, Jordan, who no longer works there, but he's still a friend of the shop. He's like family. He was the first person to sell me cigars. And um, so, you know, it was just kind of a gradual thing. It just was like every once in a while thing, whenever I felt like smoking a cigar. And then I just kept at it. And I was living in Titusville for a while. I was kind of like living in the hood you know, living that hood, you know, I was just, once I first got out on my own and stuff, I couldn't afford much more, but um, didn't have a car at the time. And, you know, I would just walk downtown to uh, this one cigar lounge called Harry Smooths and, you know, I just get whatever. And it just kept, I just kept, you know, every so often with smoke cigars, it just became a thing. The knowledge didn't really come right away. I used to buy a lot from CI. I used to get the Gurkha Gorge deals where you could get like yeah. 20 Gurkhas for like $20, whatever the deal was. <laughs> Legit. And before I knew any better, I'm not a big Gurkha fan. No right. offense to Gurkha, but I'm, I, my palate's grown out of that. And then when it really hit home for me um, was me and my brother had moved in together, um, this place in Rockledge, Vieira area. It's basically like Vieira is like the area where I, it's like right next to where I grew up. And so we moved in together and then 
there was a cigar shop right up the street in Rockledge called Paradise Cigars. And I first encountered it. My mom sent me to some to a nearby barbershop to spy on the prices because my mom does hair. And I walked into Paradise Cigars and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I was broke at the time, so I couldn't buy anything right then and there. But when we moved up the street, I started going there like every single day. And then it just became my hangout for like nine and a half years. And um, it's just ever since I started going to Paradise Cigars, that's that was my main that was when I really got into it the most and it just became a daily thing. And unfortunately they closed in 2020, not because of the pandemic, but it was because of the landlords and they, you know, freaking, you know, just propaganda shit. And, you know, they no longer wanted a smoking establishment, although they never had any issues or problems, always had, you know, a good high quality clientele that never started, any, started any issues. Yeah. And, um, always how it goes i swear yeah there, there was a lot more cigar lounges when when i you know started smoking cigars in, in my area and now there's you know a couple really good ones and then a couple really like you know just run of the mill you know just small little shops yeah nothing to write home about but a lot of good people like i, I go to all of them so that's awesome so how did you get into working in a cigar lounge well, I, I've been personal friends with my boss for close to 10 years, I guess. Like, I, you know, he was always in and out. And I kind of got to know him through the old smoke rings in the mall. And, you know, he kind of watched as I transitioned to just being a local guy to becoming a nationally known person. Yeah. And, and it, it kind of the opportunity arose last year in August. Um, my manager, Angelo, he was supposed to have some type of knee surgery and kept getting put off but you know they they, he want, they wanted me to basically you know start get my foot in the door and work one night a week and then the other guy there was a guy that used to work there and after I agreed to come one night a week he you know my boss he was he uh, called me he was like hey you ready to come on board full-time and I was like yeah man and then I was working at a call center at the time and you know, I've worked in call, a lot of call centers and I just, I hated it. And, you know, it was close to my house and all that stuff, but it just was terrible. You know, just a, it's a career suicide. Call centers are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I basically told him, I said, look, I'm going to finally work a job that I love. And I worked my last, I said, look, I, I worked this last shift, although I did go home early on that last shift. I said, fuck this shit. I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> and, um, that I went to go work at Smoke Rings and uh, it's coming up on a year in August that I've been there. Time has just passed by quickly and um, just thankful for the opportunity because you know, yeah. when, you do, when you do something that you love to do, you don't feel like you're working. Exactly. Damn, that's a good experience. Will you ever get into the cigar business, you think? Open your own lounge? Probably not open up my own lounge, but you know, this this opportunity to work at the new smoke rings building, it's a, it went from being a small little shop in the mall to now a 5,000 square foot building. So, oh, yeah. you, like every time, if somebody's never been there before, I can tell it's their first time because they walk in and they see a private lounge, they see a high-end humid cabinet humidor, they see um, the main humidor straight ahead. We got, you know, lots of retail space. We have a coffee bar area. 
Wow. Um, we have a bar area. We have beer, wine, and wine-based liquor, which you know, uh. it's not regular. It's not regular liquor, but the wine-based liquor can still make. You don't. Need, you don't need a liquor license, but you can still do cool drinks with it and everything. Damn. And that pair well with cigars, and we also have a pool table in there, and you know we got we got a separate locker area. So if even if you don't want to be a part of the private lounge, you can still buy like a regular locker. Oh. And, um, yeah, it's just a, it's an awesome it's an awesome place, and you know I'm I'm I got the unique position to be able to help them grow because you know it went from being one thing to the other, and it's it's kind of a weird market in this area. Um, you yeah. know, there's some sometimes where we have people in the lounge, and sometimes it's just totally dead. Of course, so yeah. Part of what I do is to build relationships you know, with customers and everything. And I, and I knew a lot of the people already before I started working there because I was a longtime customer. So I get to use my skills. So I'm definitely going to be there for quite a while. And um, we'll see what happens in the future, what else I might move on to. But, you know, I, I do work at the shop. And then plus I got my own branding and everything. And yeah, so that so I treat that like a job as well because it is a job. So I'm starting to really get some monetization through that, and I just redid my website and finally got it back up online. I'm sure you checked it out. I sent it Woo-hoo. to you. I don't know if you checked it out yet, but yes, beautiful. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, I'm still in the process of working on it. I just, you know, I'm not promoting it too too much, but yeah, because I got to get some more content up on there. But um, sweet, sorry, definitely there's something a work in progress. Here. So I gotta, I gotta work on that to get the views up and everything, so I can start selling ad space on there. Yeah, there you go. You should. What have you ever thought about making your own cigar? That's been a thought too. Like yeah. I have, I have relationships with you know, with a few manufacturers, and if I wanted to, I could do that. It's just gonna be. But see, I don't want to like make my own brand and be like a standalone brand. I would just have somebody else release it for me. Yeah, um, that's good. Idea. You have to have more licenses and all that type of stuff. And you know, if they do it for you and it's like it's under their brand, then they you know they just sell it. You know, you promote it and everything, and they cut yeah. you a check. I, I know some people have done stuff like that, but a good friend of mine, Boston Jimmy, he has his own cigar, but he doesn't sell it. It's more of a when he has it on hand, um, you know, you have to, you know, you have to meet him somewhere, or, you know, when you see him, he'll hand it to you type thing. But that's kind of been a thought though, but who knows what will happen in the future. What made you want to start your podcast? Well, basically it's kind of a long story, but I'll tell it because, you know, it gets the Let's hear it. Go out there. So I started off being a part of Stogie Press, you know, writing two articles a month, a Cigar 101 article, a Cigar Lifestyle article, and built up a following through that and everything. And then I, in 2020, I kind of got myself in trouble um, by taking my opinion too far. I was speaking out against police brutality, which, to make it clear, I'm not anti-law enforcement whatsoever, nothing like that. But, you know, I'm definitely not going to, I'm going to stand for what's right and, you know, speaking out against police brutality, but I just took it too far in a way. And so I I pissed off the smoking shields 
the guys out of New York, like that chapter oh. of that club. I don't know if you ever heard of them. I don't think like so. it got it was to the point like they so they got a hold of one of my stickers and put it on the toilet in their clubhouse. And oh my all that. god! And but this and I put out a public apology and everything, and you know those you who follow, have. yeah. Well, I caused a big <laughs> like I literally it caused it caused me to lose not lose everything, but. You know, I had to separate from, you know, Stogie Press. You know, we're still personal friends, but I was causing a lot of heat. I was attached to somebody else's platform. Right. And plus they have their own sponsors and everything. And I was representation of that. Right. And, and I had somebody else selling my shirts for me and everything. So, um, so I stopped, you know, I kind of chilled out for a couple months. And then after that, I was like, you know, people are doing the video podcasts and everything. And I call my garage right here, I call it the Herf Zone. And so I was like, you know what? Herf Zone Live would be an awesome name for a show. Yeah. And, you know, I could do things my way and everything, you know. So thank God I was not a victim of the cancel culture. People that follow what I do, and I've, I've met a lot of people personally. Yeah. So I have a lot of personal relationships with people who follow what I do. So I literally, after all that happened, I. I spent like three hours answering calls, texts, Facebook messages. People were calling me on Facebook Messenger. My phone was blowing the fuck up after my public apology. So after, so I started this show and I kind of, the direction I was going with it at first, I was going to interview people even outside of the cigar industry. And if they wanted to smoke a cigar, they could or whatever. And, you know, I had some non-cigar related people. I interviewed Raylo from Dim Damn Dogs, which they're, you know, they're a crew of DJs that are very legendary here in Florida. Like back in oh. the 90s, they brought Tupac to, to Palm Beach and all that. And they're, they're, they're known worldwide. So I'm personal friends with Raylo. And so I had Raylo. Um, he was like on my fourth episode, fourth or fifth episode. And, um, you know, I interviewed some like rappers from Florida, you know, not any, anybody big, but people that I knew, but, you know, also people in the cigar industry. And now I kind of stick to cigar industry because, you know, that's kind of what gets the views and all that. Yeah. And um, if I interview somebody that's unknown, it's kind of a risk, you know, because I, I want people to be, you know, tuning in while I'm live. They don't know who the fuck somebody is. It's kind of different. So, yeah. I know what you mean. This thing is telling me it's going to run out in 10 minutes. Okay. We'll just keep talking till then and, yeah. and we'll re-up. Sounds so is that good. You, is, that, is that how you usually do it? You just, you know. Yeah, you just log back into the same link. And then oh, okay. You should be able to just. And then you can edit all this small talk out too at this section. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> easy, easy. But yeah, that's kind of how I started the podcast and everything. And now it's really grown. I got a Cigar Hustlers podcast. They're a sponsor of mine. I don't know if you ever, nice. if you if you know Mike and Mike, from Cigar know. Hustler, but they sponsor my show. And hell uh, yeah, they're actually they. I'm getting a tattoo on May 23rd right there of their logo. Nice. Because they gave me an extra yeah. amount of money to be able to do that. I got a quote from a tattoo artist and. You know, so they're, they're paying they're, they're paying me what I asked for the sponsorship of sponsoring the green room on the show, and then plus send an extra for a tattoo. So, yeah, take oh some yeah, video of that so that's so cool. On, so they could put it on their show, and I'm like, hell, you're gonna pay me to put a tattoo on my body? Like, I don't have to come out of pocket myself for that yeah, shit. Like, I want to do that. Okay, that's my new proposal from now on. <laughs> I will tattoo you on my body. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god. But yeah, that's gonna be that's fun. Amazing. And then there's a new cigar brand out of New York called Nomos Cigars. I don't know if you ever heard of them. They're mm-hmm. gonna be hopping on board. Um, as soon as they get the contract in the mail, I'm gonna be starting their, you know, they're gonna be like a middle of the run, middle of the show sponsor where I put their uh, their logo up there and you know give them their shout out and everything. So Perfect. just waiting, just waiting for that to come through. And then you know I'm looking for more sponsors as well. Uh, I don't want to just. Yeah. I'm Me not going to endorse people or, you know, whatever, just, it's, it's not about just the money. So I wanted to be people who I have personal relationships with and yeah, all that good stuff. So. Exactly. Oh, that's so cool. So it could be mutually beneficial. Some, somebody that I'm cool with that I fuck with for real. And, uh, and yeah, I feel like, I feel like I need to turn on the light by, Okay. It's kind of dark, you know. I look kind of grainy, even though you know, okay. it's an audio podcast. People, other people cannot see me. <laughs> I'm outside. Can you see me? Yeah, oh, I yeah. can see you. You're fine. I yeah. think we didn't say that. We said that when we weren't recording that I'm out on my fire escape, everybody. That's why I was scared of the cat falling on my head. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no cat fell on her head, so it's all good. All good, all good. Just outside. It's a beautiful night. Finally. Finally. I don't think I asked you what you were smoking. Oh, uh, Dominicana. Ah. Ah. We're having an LFD event tomorrow. Oh, yeah? Yep. Nice. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be exhausting, though, because there's our shops always packed to capacity whenever we have events that's fun though but it's so fun and yeah and, and you know it'll be all good i'm a more i don't really like to to close do closing shifts like that but i do it twice a week i'm a, I'm more of a morning person now i don't got old and like to get up early and i do i do well waking up early so so yeah. i close on friday open up on saturday Nice. Ugh. You answered all my questions. Wait. No, I have more questions. Never mind. I'll start asking you questions. Okay, I'm a professional at this. Okay, good. <laughs> ask away. I'm an open book. I was going to ask, what's something on your cigar bucket list? Like either something you want to smoke or somewhere you want to smoke? Huh, let's see. Something I want to smoke. I mean, generally speaking, I don't really chase cigars like that. I just smoke what, what I like and what I can readily get. Thank you. Um, that's just kind of how I feel, you know, no offense. You know, I'll smoke, you know, we're at LCA shop and, and you know, I'll, I'll smoke the LCA stuff or whatever. But I wait, I wait to see if it sells out or not for that month. And then yeah. I'll, because I have to pay a full price when they first come out, but then if they don't sell out, then I can buy it at my cost. So. Ah, nice. But um, yeah, I don't have anything I really have a bucket list per se, because I, I pretty much, cigars ain't an issue for me, basically. If you I'm pretty well connected. If I want some, I can get it. But yeah, right. <laughs> a place I want to smoke, probably go to Italy. I'm part Italian. Yes. So 
go out somewhere in Italy, you know, sit down with a nice espresso and smoke a cigar. Ah, sounds so nice. I went to Italy, but I didn't smoke any cigars. My cousin's been young. to Italy. My cousin's been to Italy. So she did like a little tour and everything. Nice. Beautiful. How old were you when you went to Italy? I was... Damn. How old was I? 21? Something like that? 21, yeah. Not even 30 yet, are you? You wasn't that young. I was young, but, you know. Feels like forever ago. Yeah, it does. Once you get into your 30s, though, then you start feeling like, oh, my God. Like, the stuff that you used to do back in the day, you're like, (laughs) how did I even survive? I don't know how I survived this far. (laughs) I shouldn't have. (laughs) Me too. Like I used to, when I, I used to be a CNA and um, I used to take care of people's grandparents like hungover, like I would go out oh my God. where I had to work and I had to be to work at 6.45 and I'd be hungover like a motherfucker and oh my God, those were the worst days. <laughs> my God. But I survived. <laughs> I've I've lived a pretty eventful life. I used to I used to rap a long time ago. Oh yeah, yeah. You gotta tell us more about that. Yeah, we're at three minutes here, so. Three minutes. Tell me a three minute story. <laughs> well, I used to. I mean, I used to be. Well, I started off. I was a Christian rapper at first because I kind of grew up in church and everything. And, you know, we could talk about that more in a few, but, you know, I, yeah. so before Lecrae, I don't know if you ever heard of Lecrae, before he got really big, I got to open up for him. I was in a group and, um, you know, I did a lot of travel. I was pretty well known in that kind of capacity. Then I kind of became a heathen and um, started doing regular rap, but I didn't really do anything too much with that, though. Oh, why not? Because when, once I got, because there's, I have talent and all that, but then I just started, you know, cigars became more of a thing. So I just started focusing on the cigar world and all that. But yeah, I've been kind of all over the spectrum, you know, you know, I came up in church. We'll talk about that in a few, but uh, I I went from one extreme to the other. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Cool. Yeah. So to go on about what I was saying, though, so, you know, I kind of came up in church. Like, it's not like my family wasn't really like church people like that. Like my dad kind of started going to church when I was like young. And but I kind of had a desire to do that, like on my own and stuff like that. And then, you know, I've always been into hip hop and, you know, I kind of used to get in trouble for listening to rap with cussing in it. So, like, you know, (laughs) I discovered Christian hip hop and and I thought it was like going to be like whack. But a lot of these artists are like really good like they you can't even tell the difference you know yeah you just don't hear motherfucker and you know the n-word every other sentence so you know kind of got into that yeah and then i used to you know go to this youth church uh called catalyst youth church at new life christian fellowship in titusville and uh it was kind of like almost like going to like a rock concert you know because the you know the it was a huge, it was a big church. Like the youth church was big and everything. And, and like people would, like our youth pastor would stage dive sometimes, you know? And oh my uh, God, <laughs> so he would like crowd surf and all that type of stuff. So 
it's not like it was lame. And like, I liked it so much that like back when I was in school, um, I used to, I actually got, I got grounded from church because <laughs> I was, I was bad in school. So my mom grounded me from church. Oh my God. That's so sad. <laughs> like normally, you know, your parents want you to go to church, but I liked it. So she had nothing else would work. So she was like, you oh can't go to church. God. That is so funny. Yeah, it's, it's messed up, but, you know, it kind of got the point across, though. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I, I would, you know, I got picked up in the church van, so my mom wouldn't have to drive. You know, so the church van used to pick up people from Rockledge and Coco. I was, like, the only Rockledge person. And I grew up in Coco, too, so, like, I knew some of the kids that used to go from Coco. So they would pick the rock me up and then the rest of the Coco kids. And then this one guy who's still a friend of mine to this day. He actually smokes cigars. His name is AC. And um, me and him used to freestyle like on the church van and everything. So at first, you know, he, he was always a popular guy. And like, you know, I wasn't popular until I got like much older and, you know, I came out of my shell and everything. So, but we were always cool. So he, he there was like a rap team at the church called A Thick New. And uh, it was him and a couple other guys and they were you know, doing their thing and everything. But then, you know, the other two guys kind of dropped out and then AC, you know, he got me on board. And what we used to do, like we, we used to come out with like a brand new song, like every single week. So like we would co- we would be at my house. He would get, he would get the instrumental. We would co- he would get the hook and then, you know, we would just do our verses and have it memorized to perform it the next week at church. And then we ended up uh, eventually, you know, we hooked up. There was a guy from Benny Hinn's brother's church in Orlando. I don't know if you ever heard of Benny Hinn or seen the guy on TV. He's, he's got the white suits. He's like an Arab or something. And he always like, he always like touches people and they fall over. <laughs> no well, <laughs> his brother's church in Orlando, like we, we used to go over there sometimes. So there was a guy named LP who um, basically, you know, basically he would, um, you know, record us and everything. It was like $20 an hour or whatever. And so we came out with like our own mixtape and all that. We used to sell it. And then we, we performed like all over Florida. We used to get booked. And I mean, we, we, we really were kind of hustling backwards because we were barely making any money, but we, were, we would be willing to travel. Oh <laughs> and God, uh, so But it was a lot of fun. And at one point, because locally, like all the churches knew who we were. We would perform in like other churches in the area and everything. And we got to the point where we would walk through the mall and people were like, oh, it, it, we called ourselves Deep Impact. So everybody would be like, Deep Impact, oh, it's Deep Impact. So like we, we couldn't walk through the mall at one point Aww. without people, you know, recognizing us and everything. So, and then, then I, you know, then I kind of went solo or whatever and it was doing that for a while and, came out with a couple mixtapes and all that, which one of them I totally lost. I had it uploaded on datpiff.com and I don't know what happened, but it's gone. My other mixtapes yeah. up there. I got like two mixtapes up there, but yeah. I used to go by the name of Sunshine with the O S O N S S O N S H I N E. So Oh my God. I thought it was cool back then. And then I kinda, you know, and then, like, doctrinally, you know, I kind of used to – I the church that I used to go to is, I don't, you know, like the Word of Faith Prosperity Movement type type church. So, they, you know, they believed in name it and claim it type teaching and all that. And I started kind of, you know, not agree with that because it's not really what the Bible preaches. You know, it's – you know, God – you know, it's, it's not about – being a Christian is not about being, like, 
you know, being able to, you know, it's almost like new age type stuff, you know, claiming this and claiming that and all that, which is, it's fine and all dandy. It's more like positive thinking. It's not Christianity. So I started going to a different church and under more biblical teaching and, you know, it was more serious, you know, kind of got into the reformed circle or Calvinistic circle or whatever. And, um, and then, so I was solo for a while and then I just kind of, I was like in church so much when I was young, like I didn't do a lot of stuff that a lot of kids did. So like, I wasn't wilding out. But then when I got a little older, I was like, you know what? I'm tired of this. You know, I I have all these experiences in life. I just kind of like backslid for a while and I just kind of fell away. I still am a believer of God. I'm not like a total heathen, but you know, I just (laughs) got to the point of there's so much politics out there that, you know, that I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to live by biblical principles, treat people the way that they should be treated, not be a shitty person and just continue to live my life. And then, exactly. you know, and then I, and I got bigger into cigars through all that. Actually people I used to go to church with, that's some of the first people I used to smoke cigars with. Cause oh, wow. um, a lot of reform people in the reform circle, would believe in Christian Liberty. So people would drink beer and, you know, smoke cigars or pipes or whatever, cause they believe in Christian Liberty and all yeah. that you know as long as you're not like getting hammered and you know losing control of yourself and all that so of course we used to, right. we, we used to read a lot of Spurgeon and all that so I was smoking cigars with some of those guys and everything and it's kind of like my journey there and that aspect of my life that's so cool I don't tell a lot that's of people a- that but it's, it's part of who I am it's part of the, the journey that's an awesome story <laughs> It's part of what makes me who I am. So that's amazing. I love it. I told you to do your research because I'll just let it all out. I don't care. <laughs> no, good. It's what you're here for. <laughs> exactly. We want to hear it all. Yeah, this is pretty exclusive because I don't get. The, I haven't gotten this deep on other shows. Um, you know, I think it's cool. You know that we. You know, you're not live because be doing a live show is way different. You know, because it it's is. Like, you fuck up, you fuck up. If you stumble over your words, it's like yeah. it's out there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Make it sound good. And you can later at any point be like, you know, I didn't want to say that. And I'll be like, okay, I'll edit it up. Yeah, I'm probably not gonna get to that. I probably won't tell you to, you know, take anything. I'm just like, okay, fuck cool. it, let it all out. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Do it. Tell me another story. Tell me a funny story. About what? I don't know. What comes to your mind when you think of funny story? <laughs> oh this is something that happened recently so um my boss he you know he he's very ocd so he um uh the front door uh, the glass needed to be you know cleaned or whatever so i was cleaning it and on the weekends this was a saturday on the weekends we have a a table and two chairs that go outside and we have this yellow ashtray on it and there was some random dude that like walked by the shop and you know my boss thought it was funny that to tell me that, hey, Mike, he's got the yellow ashtray, go get him. And I, I stopped what I was doing, I opened up the door, and I was about to, like, get back here, motherfucker. And oh then he had, he, he had headphones in. And then my boss just started laughing at me. He was like, I'm just playing with you, Mike. <laughs> oh, my God. I would die. <laughs> I was like, at least, you know I'm about, at least you know I'm about that life. <sighs> oh, my God. That is so funny. Do you guys play pranks on each other a lot? not really pranks but he kind of will you know get me he'll get yeah. me like stuff like that so 
You gonna get him back? <laughs> I do. So I do sometimes. I don't think I've really gotten okay. him back because I, I. It's all just random. Like oh, I'm not somebody that plots. It's just kind of what happened, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Now, when I used to be a CNA, I used to hide in like the linen closet because it was like there was a linen closet that was kind of big. And then like me and my coworkers, like, you know, we'd know somebody would be about to get some linen out. We were like, they opened up the door, like, boo! <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love scaring people. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah, I used to work in nursing homes too. So like the main things that I've done outside of the cigar industry. So, you know, now you know about that portion of my life of, you know, growing up in church and all that, being a rapper and then, um, and then working in nursing homes. And that was interesting because like there would be people that would pass away and then like the room would be empty for like a couple days until they put somebody else in there. And I used to work third shift. And one time I was working, all of a sudden a call light went off and I was like, there's nobody in that room. And then, so I have to go there and I was like, there was literally no bed in the room. It was just an empty oh room. They didn't put a new bed in there. And I guess they were going to repair it and put a fresh bed in there. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of freaky. Especially there was yeah. no, per- the call light was going off and I was Ooh. like, that is... the, the, the dead person Ooh. made the call light go off. Oh my God. They're calling for help. They haven't crossed over yet. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's crazy. And then, then I was working at this one facility where, um, I was it was third shift, and like I was, I was, I just happened to be walking past. There was like like three different hallways, and I looked down one hallway, and there was a balloon just moving down the <laughs> hallway. No, stop! <laughs> it should freak me out. No, no, I would have left forever. Did you leave forever? <laughs> No, because I'm not a pussy. Oh, my God. No. I don't get scared off that shit because I don't do anything to, you know, to be wrong. You know, by I'm not somebody that's like a big, you know, I believe that that stuff exists and all that. But it's, it doesn't bother me. I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> that is so creepy. And then there, there was somebody, I remember a story. There was this lady and one of my coworkers, she was like, put, kept putting on the call light. She was just laying there. And then she was like. Look at that person on the shelf. Oh my god! What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that time of my life is crazy. I think I was a CNA for like five years. Kind of stopped yeah. doing that. And I went to the call centers and you know doing customer service. I used to work for Booking dot com, and um, oh. yeah, it was pretty cool customer service so like right. whenever people when you know you go on booking.com and you know there's several different options you can get the free cancellation option or you know there's options of you know you, you have until this time to cancel for free and after this it's not free cancellation so i have to call hotels and people don't pay attention when they're booking and they try to get you know free cancellation you know and uh i was pretty successful but in the in the times that I was not successful. That wasn't fun. Yeah. There's nothing that you can do about it. There was this one guy and I guess he booked some trip for him and his girlfriend and they broke up. I was like, I told him I said, take the mother broad. (laughs) Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. What else have you done? Um, Mostly nursing homes and 
um, call centers. That's the bulk of it. And then, you know, I've worked some, I used to have my own side hustle of giving people rides. Like, I don't know if you ever heard of the term hood Uber. Well, in my area, I kind of coined that phrase "hood Uber." So, you know, in between, you know, whenever I would like, I worked third shift. So, like, whenever I was off, or if I had, you know, if I was awake or whatever, I, would, I had certain people I would give rides to. That's a good and, idea. Yeah, so I was like the hood Uber. So, I'd give people rides. What's something on your life bucket list? What's something you want to do before you die? Before I die, um. I want to have a son so that my name can continue on. That's a good one. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Because I might end up having all girls one day, but. <laughs> never know. There's not people in my family, but there's a lot of boys in my family, so I might be that one that might just have all girls. As a girl, of course. <laughs> and I'm not the player type, so, you know, they always say, like, you know, they always say, like, you know, the dudes that are players, they they end up having daughters, you know, so that so that they can see what they, you know, did to other women or whatever. But, like, I don't go around, like, breaking hearts, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm not I'm I'm not somebody who, like, gets into relationships and stays with people for like long periods of time if I don't think it's going to work or whatever. Um, you know, my mental health is kind of like. The, my mental health is just getting better and stuff so kind of just been off the scene like that so we'll see if I have kids one day we'll see what happens but you know having a having a son would be you know definitely on my bucket list and and all that and then uh there's a lot of shit there's a lot of shit that I would do before I die for sure yeah what's one I'm trying to think of it. <laughs> Put me on the spot here. Now I know how now I know how when people come on my show when I ask the fun questions. <sighs> Tell me a dream you have. A dream. Well, I'm, I'm kind of already living my dream of, you know, yeah, you doing what it. I love full time. So it's just a matter of just growing it and and yeah. all that to you know for my brand to bring in more income to be able to sustain itself and how long have you been doing this the podcast since september of 2020 nice and it's grown so much since then what's oh, your yeah. favorite achievement having matt booth on the show man i love Booth. oh yeah actually i got his autograph let me see where the fuck. Oh yeah, you see that room one hundred and one up there. Oh nice. Yeah, because I first met here. I'll, I'll I'll talk about how I first met Matt Booth. I'll talk okay. about that. How about Let's that? Let's do it. Something there we to talk go. About. So, you know, I'm I'm a part of a big cigar group on Facebook. It's probably like one of like the, the biggest cigar groups out there. Cigar Cartel, aka C two. And uh, I went to Knoxville, Tennessee, for a herf that um, some people did from that group. And Matt Booth and Robert Caldwell were there. And the first time I met Matt Booth, he was like, I know who you are. You're shirtless Mike. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, and at that point, I haven't really talked to him like that. And then we just got cool after that. And then 
you know, seeing each other at events. And now I got the dude's number. I could call him anytime. And, <laughs> and you know, I, I like to call and check on him, see how he is and all that. And he always just offers awesome, you know, awesome laughs. Like uh, when I first got the job at the cigar shop, I was talking to him before I got off of work. And he was like, so... How many people have you caught having sex in the cigar shop bathroom? He's like, there's something so erotic <laughs> about the cigar shop bathroom. He's like, I don't know what it is, but a lot of sex goes on in the cigar shop bathroom. <laughs> I was like, I ain't caught anybody yet, but if I do on lay, can I join? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm locking the doors at that point. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. There ain't no cameras in the bathroom either, so I ain't got to worry. I know all the spots that there's no cameras in the shop that <laughs> I work <good>. at. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, that's how I met Matt Booth. And, you know, he's just always been a, one of those dudes. He's a huge supporter of what I do. And and probably, like, the biggest milestone, though, was when Carlito Fuente started following me on social media. Yes. And, like, and commenting on my stuff. I'm like... Carlito Fuente, and then they, I tell this all the time. I've told it on my show, but um, during the the 2021 Great Smoke, when it was just the virtual, just the virtual event, I went down to Boynton Beach to for the Red Meat Lovers Club watch party, and Carlito was on the broadcast, and I I was just that smoke in, and I was trying to tell Carlito, hey, I, you know, come to smoke in after I want to meet you officially, and blah blah blah. And he was not able to make it, but he calls me on Facebook Messenger the next day and apologizes that he was not able to make it because he wasn't feeling well. I was like, Carlito Fuente is calling me. <laughs> oh, my God. That's like, so cool. Like, that's Damn. like, I'm not somebody that gets starstruck or whatever, but, you know, and I've met Carlito yeah. since then. And uh, but he's just a warm person, like. That's the thing about the cigar industry. Like the biggest names in the cigar industry, they're they're only we're only famous within the cigar industry. Like anybody that's like a big name. So that's like the awesome part about that. And then you know, but they can still go to Publix or Walmart, and like only cigar people will recognize them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but I, I've been blessed to meet a lot of people in the cigar industry. Carlito, yeah. uh, Matt Booth, hung out with him a bunch of times. Steve Saka, of course, Michael Herklotz, you've had him on your show. Yeah. Um, a lot of people. That's awesome. So who are some people that you... Okay, I'm going to start interviewing now in your own show. That's just how I turn the <laughs> tables over here. So who are some people that you have met in the cigar industry? Um, I don't know. I think that's the coolest part about my podcast is not a lot of famous cigar people. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm talking about outside the podcast. Like, you know, you've worked at shops. Uh, like, who have you met so far? Or has it been that much people? Yeah, just Nick from Foundation Cigars. Um, Michael Herglotz. Yeah, not a whole lot of people, I guess. Start hanging around me. I'll introduce you to everybody. Okay, everybody great. Knows, everybody knows <laughs> Mike. Matter Perfect. of fact, I saw that uh, my boys, Jeffrey Amadola and Chris Monaco, were going to be at Barclay Rex. So I yes. told them, I, I, that's why I sent that information over to you. You better hook up with them. And I hope I can get, go. 
That's why I told you about it. Cause yes, like, thank you. My my people, they they gonna make sure they give you a good interview. So come prepared. They, yeah. And they can talk more than me. Like if you go back and watch, if you need to do research, watch my show. And uh, you know, Chris especially that motherfucker can talk. I love him to death, but he can talk. Good. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, two Italian dudes, you know, and I'm I'm Irish and Italian, so three of us. That was like almost. That was probably like one of my longer shows because, you know, I was struggling to get to even to get through the questions because the responses were so long. Like, <laughs> damn, that's hilarious. I, that's always fun because sometimes you know somebody will talk a lot. You know, you have a good question, somebody will talk a lot, and sometimes you got to have a shit ton of questions. You always, to me, you always got to have more material to talk about than right. what you could possibly get to, just in case. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like tonight, you know, lucky I'm a good guest and I know how to talk. <laughs> I'll just talk about whatever. So tell tell everybody where they can find you. All uh, of your you, platforms. Well, I just got my my website up and running. So check out teamshirtlessmike.com. And uh, it's got links to all my social media on there. I'm working on – I put some former articles that I've written with Stogie Press – but I'm going to start working on some other stuff and that's going to be my new internet home and uh, you know, Instagram shirtless Mike 2020. You can find me all over Ash's page. Cause I, I yeah. comment, you know, she's a good person and she, uh, right she's back doing at her, I'm a huge supporter. So thanks man. I'm finally, I'm finally on the show. Finally <laughs> on the show. So exciting. Thanks for doing this. No problem. This has been fun. I've loved hearing all of the random stories of your life. <laughs> You've lived an interesting life. <laughs> tonight it was pretty random, and now I'm pretty boring at this point because I, you know, I, you know, I got to start getting some excitement back into my life. Well, I'll come back on your show, and you ask me the same questions, and then you'll be really shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'll, I'll just let you just go away and tell you all the crazy shit, you know, all the shit that, you know, <laughs> past the past the time that you can get in trouble for it. Oh, man. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks, Mike, for being on the show. Be sure to go check out Shirtless Mike on all of his platforms or whichever you use. I'll add links in the show notes. And thanks again, everyone. I'll talk to you soon.